Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Amazing Spider webcast, issue 35. Uh, the Molten Man Regrets. <laughs> it's a funny title. I mean, partially because I know what's coming, and I don't know exactly if the... I don't think... The Molten Man does not seem to regret anything. But also, it's like the Molten Man is like one of those characters, those Spider-Man guys that I'm like, I don't know why, like, Electro was bigger than the Molten Man, but he is. Let, let's just be honest, he is. But, uh, you know, it's a, change of plate, it's a change of pace time once again, so climb aboard for the action. This one is for the real old-fashioned dyed-in-the-wool spidey fanatics who like to see old Webhead fighting as only he can. We envy you. You're going to have yourself a ball. Now, it does feel like... Oh, geez, excuse me. Oh, I just turned the page and there's a hat that looks a lot like a penis. It's <laughs> it's like a the Molten Man's wearing it. And I think I, it's supposed to be like a fedora or something like that. But there's one shot of it from behind. And it's got this weird ridge in the middle that looks very penis-y. Um, we really got into that right away, didn't we? Just Molten Man's just not my favorite. Now, I got I think what happened here is last issue was kind of a slower-paced one. And there was fighting, but it took a while to get there, and it was kind of like, meh, you know, I don't know. I feel like maybe after the last issue, they're like, okay, we need some punches thrown, we need some action, you know, some some guy, like, breaks a thing on the first page, somebody shoots a gun on the second page, like, this is what I'm talking about. So we get one of our classic uh, Spider-Man court scenes, where uh, Raxton... What's his name? Well, just Raxton. Who cares? And a judge is like, because you became what you are through an unfortunate accident and you have offered to pay for the damage you've caused, I'm giving you a suspended sentence, Raxton. And he's like, thanks for your, uh, thanks, your honor. You won't be sorry. And he's, the next thing says, minutes later, one of the strangest foes Spider-Man has ever fought loses himself among the city's teeming millions once again, which seems really unlikely because he looks like the Molten Man. He looks like a big golden man. Uh, and I'm like, I don't know, how easily does that guy lose himself amongst a crowd? Doesn't seem like it would be that easy. But uh, so the judge is like, well, you know, you said you'd pay for damages. It was an accident, whatever. And then the next panel, he's like, free at last. Lucky I was a model prisoner and acted repentant. Now it's time. Now it's up to me to make sure I stay free. No more jails for the molten man. And you're like, okay, maybe he has, you know, whatever. I mean, he did say, lucky I was a model prisoner and acted repentant. And I'm like, well, as, you know what? As long as the molten man was not doing anything bad... If deep in his soul, he's like, this sucks, but all his outward actions indicate that, you know, he's going to be a good guy again, whatever. But then two panels later, he's just like, I've had time to think, to plan, to make sure that the Molten Man will never be beaten again, um, and he's going to beat the shit out of Spider-Man. So it was a very quick turnaround. Um, he's got a, He's got a plan, he's going to strike. His brilliant plan is that he wears a disguise and just, you know, looks like some guy. And uh, that way no one knows he's the molted man. <laughs> so he, like, goes to a jewelry store. He's, like, robbing it. 
the guy shoots him. Obviously, it does nothing to the molten man. And, uh, you know, he smashes the gun in the guy's hand and whatever. For some reason, Spider-Man runs into the scene and says, Okay, Beaver, stay where you are till I learn what's going on here. I'm not sure exactly what this beaver thing was, because he's like a busy beaver robbing a store. Or if that's like, maybe maybe the penis hat was like one of those beaver felt hats or something. I'm not sure. But what was funny is, it's just like, he's like, uh, I'll stay out of trouble. And then, you know, he's robbing a store later that day. I mean, I don't, it's part of me, the justice system of Marvel Comics really does need some work. Because I'm like, you know, if you're going to be a judge and you're going to be like, you know, I'm going to be lenient on a supervillain. I feel like there should probably be some responsibility there of like, look, this guy came out and robbed a store the next day or maybe the same day. You know what I mean? Uh, Molten Man escapes and he takes off his costume and he's enjoying a cigarette. And I was like, you know, this... This reminds me, several years ago, Marvel Comics decided that their characters would no longer smoke. Um, Because some of the characters famously smoked. uh, Probably Wolverine was one of the more famous ones. The Thing from Fantastic Four. And, you know, in this case, it's a bad guy, so I don't know how much it counts. But I think what's weird about it is being like, Wolverine can't smoke. And I'm like, but his healing factor would negate the fact the effects of tobacco right like he would be fine so why not like he should be able to smoke it would be like a ghost smoking or something and you're just like i mean he can't hurt himself really so why the fuck not i also thought the thing smoking like them being like the thing can't smoke anymore was weird so it's like he's a giant rock man i mean like what is his physiology even who knows he can hold his breath for an extremely long time, according to a Fantastic Four comic I had long ago. Also, like, are we to assume if the thing got cancer or some other issue, would I be like, well, this is probably from smoking? Or would I be like, well, who the fuck knows? Like, this this dude's in the negative zone every other day. He's not living a healthy lifestyle. Okay? Like, maybe... Maybe if he wants to have a cigar, he should have a cigar. Maybe the message of comics should be like, kids, you shouldn't smoke. But, like, these guys are gonna because whatever. Like, yeah, they'll be fine. I would like to create a new character for Marvel Comics that's a robot who smokes for no reason. Like, the robot derives no pleasure from it. (laughs) Um... Anyway, Peter Parker is, like, back in a lab just thinking about what happened. He does some very suspect detective work where he's, like, thinking about the guy he fought. He could have easily been wearing a disguise, so he might have been almost anybody, perhaps even some former enemy of mine. Boy, he sure packed a punch like iron. Iron! Iron's a metal, and his punch felt like metal. It's a long shot, but it could be the Molten Man. I'd bet on it. I was like, man, that is some real, real, uh, Batman would not be thrilled with this. He punched me hard. What else is hard? Metal. Molten Man, of course. (laughs) Anyway, he, uh, you know, Spidey knows that Molten Man's out of jail, 
and he needs to prove that the Molten Man... So the whole crux of this story is Molten Man is in disguise. So even when people see him robbing a place, they don't see the Molten Man doing it. They see some guy. So basically, it's like everybody kind of suspects it's the Molten Man, but they don't know for sure. They can't prove it. So Spider-Man puts one of his spider tracers on him, you know, which is shaped like a spider. I would suggest, if I was Spider-Man... I would make my spider tracers look like a Fantastic Four emblem instead of mine. Because that way, if someone found it, I'd be like, I don't know, then they'll go buy their Fantastic Four. They live in, like, a secured uh, giant building. They'll be fine. You know, some a molten man is not going to, like, defeat the Fantastic Four. They'll, they'll fight. Him and the Thing will have a cigarette together, lit by the Human Torch, and they'll all be on their way. So then, uh, you know, Molten Man's going out to do another robbery. And he's in, it's always this same face. Like when someone <laughs> someone makes a disguise in comics, it's the Matches Malone look. You know, it's that, that same sort of scally cap. It's the uh, mustache and the big eyebrows, you know. <laughs> like, whenever, when if I ever saw someone who looked like this in real life, I'd be like, that must be a disguise. You know, I'd want to go up to him and rip off his mustache because I'm like, this surely is not a real mustache. I know what this is. It's never it's never like a big orange afro. You know what I mean? Which maybe that would be good because it's like, well, everyone's going to be looking at your stupid orange afro and not paying attention to, uh, you know, your face. The fact that it's like you're wearing a mask. This is another, like, comic book movie uh, magic thing where it's like, well, what they can do in a movie is just basically have someone, quote-unquote, put on a mask, um, but then you just have the other actor playing that person, and that's how it's like a disguise. And you can do that in comics. Like, a mask in comics is really a lot more, uh, you know, effective. Molten Man is then goes to a safe... And says, being metallic itself, my skin is sensitive to the sound of other metal lock or other metal within the lock tumblers. So basically, he can crack a safe because he's made of metal, and so is the safe. So that does something. So I guess if anyone made the mistake of making a safe out of human flesh, I would be able to open it. And this is like one of those let's just give him an extra power thing, which is dumb but what who cares you know what i mean it's like eh, i don't really care if he opens the safe or just rips the door off um so then you know spider-man catches him in a web so he has to tear off his disguise so he just like throws it all aside and he's in his speedo and he's the molten man and i was like you know maybe super villains should consider becoming strippers like maybe it would be kind of like a novelty to have i mean Molten Man's in great shape. He's got nice abs. He's got good shoulders. Even his legs look good. Um, you know, and this is like the 60s, right? Like at this time, it's not like people were, there were as many, you know, bodybuilder things and stuff like that. So I feel like for that time period, and he's a smoker for God's sake, and he still looks like this. But uh, I don't know, maybe it'd be a good novelty. There used to be at a restaurant in town, I don't know why it was always here I saw him, but there was this old man stripper that I saw a couple times at the same restaurant. And one time saw him, like, 
start going into his act and then the restaurant kicked him out. Cause I guess, you know, it was like 6 PM on a, a weekend night and they were like, no, you cannot strip in this restaurant. Even if you're an old man and it's like for funnies, but it was, it was great. Cause the first time I saw him, he was like just weirdly hovering around this table. And it, I don't know, it was just something odd was going on with the way he was interacting and then he started taking his clothes off to like music playing. And I was like, oh, that's what's happening. And then the next time I saw him in there, I didn't see him strip. He looked like he was hanging out at the bar, like waiting for somebody to show up for him to strip for. I don't know, too, because this would have been like mostly pre-internet days. I don't know how you find like an old man stripper. It's like a weird, there's a weird subset of strippers, like... I saw um, one time there was a Santa stripper uh, who came with his own set of little people as elves, right? And there's some, for some reason, like old man or little people or whatever, and you're like, there's some uh, element of this that's like extra uncomfortable. Because basically what I'm saying is like, it's funny that you would be sexual, old man. You know what I mean? Like, it's obvious, like, the people are laughing at the old man. It's not like they're laughing with the old man. And the joke is like, isn't it gross that this old man is getting naked? <laughs> I don't know. It's a weird, weird thing. So then uh, we get a full page of just punching. And we get this box. And now we promised Artie Simic we'd let him go wild with sound effects for a page or two. So here goes. And we get Patwee. That's the sound of Spider-Man getting punched, punched in the face. Uh, that seems more like the Molten Man getting punched. Patween! Like a spittoon. Brack. That's Molten Man getting punched in the face. Kapow! Also Molten Man. Walk. <laughs> that's a uh, Chinese chef getting punched. In no, that's Spider-Man getting punched in the face. Splat. Spider-Man getting punched. Kabop. Rack. Uh, those are both molten man punches. Getting punched. <laughs> anyway, I, I do enjoy these older comics. Like, we'll do things like that. Like, you don't really see that in modern comics. I think it breaks the story too much. It's like, eh, we're trying to be a little serious. But I, I like it. I like when you see that stuff that's like, and now we're going to call out the uh, letterer slash sound effects artist by name. And we're just going to let him go ape shit for a little bit. So here we go. Like, yeah, why not? So anyway, the Molten Man's escaping. And Spider-Man's concerned because he's like, I don't have any proof that it was the Molten Man who, who robbed that place. And I'm like, you know, I get where you're coming from as far as like, it's, you know, eyewitness testimony is not the best, right? However, if... An eyewitness at a, a bank robbery was like he had molten-looking golden skin that was very shiny, and he was made out of metal. And the jewelry store guy is like, I shot him. It had no effect. He came up and crushed a gun, whatever. I'm like, you know, if if someone looked like that all the time, that seems like a better a better case. Maybe what Molten Man should have done is like put on Electro's costume. Do you know what I mean? Or like dress like the lizard or something. And then they'd be like, ah, that damn Doc Connors is at it again. 
Um, okay. So Molten Man says, once I've beaten you, there'll be nobody left to stop me. And Spider-Man says, don't kid yourself, there's always Irving Forbush. And you know, you might be wondering, who is Irving Forbush? Well, Irving Forbush, a fictional employee of Marvel Comics, a parody of Marvel, uh, Forbush was devised in 1955 by Marvel editor Stan Lee to refer to an imaginary low-grade colleague who was often the butt of Lee's jokes. Um, and it also sometimes appears as Forbush Man. And especially if you ever read a What the comics, which is like What If, but, you know, parody. It's like Mad Magazine, you know, but uh, Marvel Comics or something. Um, what powers and abilities does he have? Oh, while the original Forbush Man had no superpowers, the Forbush Man who appeared in Next Wave... Uh, had the power to project utterly realistic visions into the minds of others when he removed the cast iron pot on his head. The hallucinations typically depicted a reality that was hellish to each victim, slowly killing them as they struggled against it. The power had no effect on Tabitha Smith, as in Next Wave, she has no apparent mind at all. Okay. It is also possible that he has powers far beyond this. He cites during his recruitment to the new Paramount several occasions on which he claims to have saved the Earth from certain doom so quickly and efficiently that nobody <laughs> realized he'd done anything. <laughs> That's awesome. What a great idea. That's what the Flash should say. He should be like, I've saved the world like a thousand billion times today. You just don't know because it's so fucking fast. I don't have to drag it out like you. It's not... Yeah, Batman the Long Halloween... For me, it was the 0.2-second Halloween, idiot. He also purports to be mighty with women, though whether this is one of his many powers is debatable. <laughs> I like that they'll at least give him debatable. They're not like, this is absolutely not true. They're like, mm, debatable. Forbush Man even goes so far as to purport that he is, quote, the greatest power in human history, although the veracity of these claims is unverified, and Tabitha, Tabitha Smith defeated him with apparently very little effort. <laughs> uh, during the DC-Marvel Amalgam Universe crossover, Irving Forbush was fused with DC's Al to form Al Forbush, proprietor of Lobo the Duck's favorite diner in the series parody installment. He wears Forbush Man's trademark cooking pot with eye holes on his head. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Um, I like this. I like this very much. Um, I like this character. This would be, I would love if Marvel Comics would let me do something. You know how Tom King has like gone through and he's rewritten uh, Adam Strange and like Supergirl and Mr. Miracle and Vision, who is at the time. A lot of these folks are what I'm going to call C slash D level characters. You know what I mean? I'm sure somebody out there is like, Supergirl is not a D level character. And I'm like, mm, I was going to make a bra size joke there, but let's skip it. I just, Supergirl is one of those characters that we all know, but like, if you asked, what's the what's the best Supergirl story? There's like maybe one or two answers. Supergirl's like the ghost writer of DC, where you're just like, I mean, we all know who this person is, but when it comes down to the actual like enjoyment of reading this character, you know, it's a little, a little dicey. I would love to do my Tom King-esque remake, uh, and that's the character I would go with, Irving Forbush. And be like, I'm going to remake this into like a, you know, real thing. 
or like the amazing spider ham. And I'll be like, I'm going to make this, you know, people are going to never look at this character the same way again. It's going to be amazing. It would probably be a total failure. It would definitely be a total failure. Anyway, Spider-Man beats the shit out of the Molten Man. Molten Man is like, untie me, you know, you can't hold me. And then Spider-Man is like, oh, here's pictures of Molten Man robbing the bank. I set up a camera and took pictures. Which you're like, that's actually not a bad idea. He's always setting up the camera, selling them to the Daily Bugle. And I'm like, yeah, why not make two prints of this? Be like, my friend Peter Parker took these pictures. Because this is like the 1960s. So it's not like someone's going to be saying, oh, these are clearly doctored. Do you know what I mean? This seems like a good, an easy out for, for this problem. As, as ideas Spider-Man has had go, this one is not terrible. <laughs> it's not as bad as, hmm, that guy was hard to punch. You know what else is hard to punch? Metal. Uh, Peter Parker figures out Betty Brant has left the bugle doesn't know where and is like asking the new secretary like where is she what happened and the new lady's like how the fuck would I know um there was something that she uh she did leave something that the new secretary is supposed to give to Peter Parker which was a photo you know and it was uh his photo so apparently at some point Peter Parker gave Betty Brant a photo of himself which I guess is probably something couples used to do I just, I don't know if I don't have the, like, uh, outsized opinion of myself or if I have too low of self-esteem to give someone a photo of me. That just seems so, like, self-centered and horrible. Maybe it's not, though. Maybe it's like, eh, actually, that's pretty fine. But uh, maybe in the 60s, too, because it's not like I could just have a photo on my phone in two seconds. It's like, oh, I actually had to, like, go get this taken and developed and, like, it's slightly larger than normal. And so then, you know, Peter Parker throws it in the garbage because that's his move for everything. You know, Spider-Man, I'm done being that. I'm done being Betty Brant's boyfriend. Throw this in the garbage. But also I was like, yeah, I mean, if I had a photo of myself, I'd probably just throw it away. Because what am I going to do? Put that on my nightstand? Be like, that's what I look like? And, you know, it just haunts me as I get older. And that's the end. We get, a, we get an image of the bad guy for the next comic, and it says, Next-ish, a swinging supervillain so different, so new, we can't even tell you his name yet. Unfortunately, uh, the way this uh, trade paperback I'm using is set up, um, I'm looking at the cover of the next issue, and it says, Windfalls the Meteor. So I'm assuming uh, that this might be the Meteor, but maybe not. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, and maybe this is not the meteor. Um, let's just let's just skip ahead. This is unprecedented. Oh, this is the looter, the uncanny looter. Okay, Marvel Comics is probably uh, responsible for keeping the word uncanny alive for decades. Like until the uncanny valley hit, I don't think anybody was using that fucking word. All right, so we'll have the looter next time. <laughs> Get excited. <laughs> I don't know what the looter is. A villain who, like, creates a fake riot in order to loot uh, smartphones from a target or something. <laughs> I don't know what this is going to be. 